0: Good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And uh, tonight, I believe the people who live in the uh, fire disaster areas from the Labor Day fires are getting screwed. Uh, many of them have lost everything, um, their homes, uh, their, their property still belongs to them for now but they, they don't know what they're going to do. All these regulations, some of them have groups fighting them. So they're paying for attorney fees just to try to get to the point where they can start to think about rebuilding. Um, you've got people that come home and they're the only house left in the neighborhood and everybody else is gone. So they feel guilty about that because their home survived. They have no one else in the neighborhood. Every time I drive up there, there's another sign for sale, for sale for sale. A lot of these are family homes, generational homes, and they're given up because they don't think they're going to be able to rebuild. Um, and now there's a new slap in the face that came back in December and, uh, Lane County Commissioner Jay Bosovic joins us because he and I have been talking about this, but I just, I didn't have time. I've been busy and I've had no time to talk about this, but we really want folks up the McKinsey to kind of understand what's going on. So Jay, tell us, tell us what happened and I'm going to go ahead and
1: share this up on the Blue River page. Great. Well, back in uh, a couple years ago, we started a process of updating a lot of our land use codes. And one of the land use codes that was scheduled for update is our floodplain overlay zone uh, and the ordinances around that. And as part of that, we got a regular review from FEMA called a community assistance visit, where they look at our um, administration of the national flood insurance program and whether our code is, is being kept up to date with that. So they made a few recommendations in that audit and the state Um, Department of Land Conservation Development also had a model floodplain code they had developed that we were looking at. But we went beyond all of that. And and at the request of our current board, um, went to a much higher level of protections and restrictions than was required by FEMA. And we even added language into our code that wasn't even in the state's model code around compensatory fill. Um, so, so what does it do? So what are they gonna do? What's it required of people? So w- one of the first things it requires is the old code had you build your house one foot above the 100 year flood elevation. The new code requires you to build it two feet above that 100 year flood elevation. Which quite often can be above the 500-year flood elevation, so it's kind of hard to justify that as a life safety issue, um, and that extra foot of elevation can add a lot of cost to a house. So, like, how, like, how, like,
0: you did some research with contractors, and so the average person, they're already they they're they're waiting for all this to come in. And now the county comes in. I'm sorry, I'm throwing you into the bus with yeah. them. But the county comes in and says, OK, not only the the, the one foot is what it was above the hundred year floodplain, which it hasn't reached. And so now we're going to go double that. What does
1: that cost the average person trying to build you know, a home? Um, the folks at the home builders took a quick look at it for me, and they were estimating between five and $10,000 for a house. Yes, because it's not just. The foundation has to be an extra foot taller. You know, it might be the fill around the foundation and other other things that generates additional cost. Um, you know, because if, if you have a, a garage, it has to be sloped up into it. It just, it, it creates all sorts of additional problems. Fortunately, the board did write an exemption in for that one foot of freeboard for fire victims, but it expires. And three years after the fire, it actually expires on September 7th, 2023, which three years might not be enough time for somebody to get rebuilt. And so then if you so does this
0: affect other, I'm guessing, obviously, this is other people in Lane County as well, like yeah. Hall,
1: anybody that's near a river. Yeah, everybody else that's near a river. This affected them from the day it became effective, which was January 15th.
0: So if you don't have a problem, and it's a foot over the floodplain, the hundred-year floodplain, why double that to, um, to make it? Is, is that the point to make it more difficult to build along a river in
1: Lane County? I think that's the the background agenda to all this is they just really don't want anyone to build anything in a floodplain because um, one of the things they added to the code at the same time of raising it a foot was a requirement that you have to basically prove as a property owner, if you have property that is, has some floodplain and some non-floodplain, that if you want to place anything in the floodplain, you have to prove that there is no other alternative. And and that kind of language leads to the ability for a lot of appeals of land use actions. So is there anything that people can do about it? At this point, um i would say um think about who you're voting for when you when you elect county commissioners because this was a three two vote and it was um the the new uh progressive majority that supported this uh commissioner farr myself voted against it uh, and And you're the east county commissioner and and uh which one is pat pat is north eugene i'm west county commissioner so if so 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 at this point it's 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 there
0: there's nothing they can do about it um and god that's just so frustrating because people are losing i mean i seriously see so many signs up there every time i go up I, it breaks my heart to see all the for sale signs because i think people are just giving up and going i can't i can't afford this i'm not doing it i don't know but that's my guess
1: yeah and, and it's really sad because we added extra anxiety to people I, I tried to to have this go back to the planning commission to be rewritten because it, we were trying to write it on the fly in fact it, it, watching some of the board meetings about this i had i went back and rewatched a little bit of pieces of them here and there to remind me um some of the motions that were made by commissioner Sorensen were so confusing. I don't know how we got to an ordinance at the end of this. Um, It really should have gone back to the planning commission to be rewritten. Uh, It was just, just something that was going to cause problems for fire victims. And it's going to cause problems for anyone that wants to build a house in Lane County, close to a a river or a stream that that has designated floodways and floodplains which adds cost to housing at a time we're in a housing crisis. Right. And so you've got people living up the McKinsey in
0: trailers and tents on their property, tents, and they're waiting to rebuild. And this just makes it that much more difficult and that much more expensive.
1: Yeah. Um, we haven't even gotten to the, the requirement to do compensating excavation for any well, bill you place. What the hell is that? So, as part of this ordinance, and this is not something that was waived for fire victims, so even somebody rebuilding from the fire, if they place additional fill in the floodplain, they have to do excavation in the floodplain on that same property that's of an equal volume amount. What does that do? I don't understand. I mean, like from a, from an environmental standpoint, what does that do? I don't get it. Well, one of the things it does is it requires a lot more vegetation to be cut down because you have to do that, excavation um, or but what it, what it's technically trying to do is to prevent a cumulative fill if a lot of different properties put a little bit of fill in the floodplain cumulatively that takes up some of the volume and storage of that floodplain and may cause flood elevations to rise in other places but for residential development it's usually such small amounts compared to the total volume of the floodplain that there's no rise uh, and it just it gets to be a very expensive thing it, it, and when you look at very small lots because they made the requirement it has to happen on the same property it gets very difficult to do that com- compensatory excavation on the same piece of property so yeah because if you're living like those little houses along beaver creek right
0: there they're real small there's not there's not a lot of room to to i mean you can barely get a house on there let alone another excavated whatever you said <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah compensatory. Um, Storage. Yeah.
0: yeah, Big word for, oh gosh, more money I have to spend. So um, Stephanie, you asked a question. Yes, it is Heather. That is the County Commissioner for the McKinsey River area. Um, You are correct. So Jay, um, do something for me. Um, Let's talk about COVID Um, because tomorrow I saw the numbers last week. It appears that we're down. Um, So what are we expecting from
1: the governor? She's supposed to make an announcement tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow is when they come out with the, you know, last Tuesday they released what they call the warning week numbers, which is the first half of the two-week period that they judge us on, which I don't know why they ha- they only they wait every 2 weeks to change our our risk level. Um tomorrow is the the final numbers for the two weeks. Um I haven't seen them. I'll get the email the same time just about everybody else does from the governor's office but I am looking forward to the fact that I think we're going to be able to drop down to a high risk level. At the same time though, I have been working hard and and folks know that I've I've been in the news a little bit about you got, you got a little heat, didn't you? The U of O's numbers being combined in with the county numbers. And what's interesting. um, Yeah. I, I've met with folks from the U of O, they understand I really didn't want to close the U of O, I was trying to to really drive a point home with OHA and the governor. And the folks in Benton County have a very similar issue. Both campuses are trying really hard to keep control of a very difficult population to control, you know, 18 to 25 year olds. Uh, And what they're doing is in a massive amount of testing. Of that population at the universities with their athletes yeah right well not just their athletes they're testing everybody in their dorms once a week they're doing 2600 tests a week of folks in the dorms at u of o so that drives a lot of case count right and and that testing you know the the, one of the ways we could actually drop down a risk level is the u of o and, and same thing for benton county osu could stop testing so much But that's not that's not good public health. So it's so OSU, the U of O, Lane County and Benton County Public Health are going to the to OHA and the governor and asking for some kind of recalculation of how the metrics measure those two counties.
0: Because how fair is that? I heard the last time we were like 22 people over or something cases. And I could be wrong. 27. 27 cases over. So all the businesses in Lane County are not allowed to have people inside which takes away money from them because of 27 people and it's just from over testing at the universities in, in, here in the area. And so you got a whole county that's being held hostage by that when, when um, it's not a fair representation for them and these businesses are struggling.
1: Yeah yeah and that's you know hopefully. Tomorrow we get to drop down in the high, and then if we can get them to actually look at how they're computing the metrics and judge us a little bit differently because of that, those the hot spots the two campuses are because of the over testing that's being done, which I I don't mind them doing a lot of testing um, because they're trying to keep control of their student population, but if they can fix that, we might even be able to drop down in the moderate level. Yeah because that seems more fair, or, you know, people are saying, close the campus.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a lot of people losing, losing money over that. Um, Jay, I think that's, I'm gonna tell people about some other things going on, but thank you so much for coming in and joining us. I really appreciate your time.
1: Uh, no problem at all. And, you know, folks have questions about the floodplain ordinance and want a better understanding of it, they can drop me a line through Facebook Messenger. I'm pretty available that way or they can go to the county website, my county emails there. Okay, all right, Jay, thank you. You're welcome. All
0: right, Jay Bosovich from the Lane County Commissioners. Um, So one thing I wanna make sure you know, our show is sponsored by Bucks Sanitary Service. Bucks did a ton of stuff up there during the McKinsey. They took showers up there and porta-potties and everything and very tight in and close knit and also down in the LC area, uh, had, had, uh, units down there as well, so they took a lot of care. The other thing you guys can do is, if this irritates you and it ticks you off, write the county commissioners. They made the decision, so you have the right as the people who basically elect the county commissioners um, to to make your voice heard. Be kind, be firm. Let them know, and it's probably not going to change anything now, but that doesn't mean that your voice should not be heard. Now, I want to show you there is some good news going on uh, up along the McKenzie. In all the fire affected areas, um, there is now, OHA is providing funding, the legislature provided the funding, but OHA is dishing it out for water well testing. And a local company here is doing that. I'm going to show you this so you can kind of get an idea of what's happening.
2: Health authority has gotten uh, money from the Oregon legislature to fund fire impacted well testing. So if a well owner has a home in an area that's been under one of the fires in the state of the last August and September, the state will grant vouchers to them to have their well tested by us so it won't cost the homeowner anything. Hi, I'm Denny Morgan. I'm the owner of Analytical Laboratory Group here in Eugene. The tests include uh, testing for arsenic, nitrates, bacteria, and lead. There's also an additional voucher if you have plastic in your system and it's damaged, you can also test for BTex, and that's a separate voucher. You can come in to the lab, Analytical Laboratory Group here in Eugene, and pick up samples, bottles, and pick up the water for yourself and bring it back with the voucher and it won't cost you anything. If you have to have the test that includes the plastic or the BTECS test that has to be conducted by a professional sampler because of the danger in handling the sample bottles. A well owner has to pay for the independent sampler but if they just do it themselves it doesn't cost them anything the state will pay for it all. So to get the voucher you have to log on to the uh, state OHA website for fire impacted well testing. So Uh,
3: again,
0: so again, that's a local company putting that together. Uh, You can use them. Danny is a great guy and uh, just, you go get the equipment from them. You take it out, you get it tested. Uh, So if you're somebody who's been in that near there, you need to have your water tested because a lot of times you can get toxins in there from that fire coming in there and septic tanks and uh, well water. I mine cracked during the, uh, my well water cracked during the, what that, uh, earthquake a few years ago. And so I've got to get mine checked and find out more a little bit about that. Um, who are these people along the McKinsey? It's really easy to just kind of see, you know, oh, yeah, here's a story Rick's talking about. And, you know, here's what's happening. And they're going to make this floodplain. This already made. They're making it so you have to go two feet. But who are they? Uh, a little while back, we went up there and uh, did a story. So I want to show you this so you can kind of find out a little bit more about who these amazing people are that need our help and they need you to write those county commissioners. I'm Mary Ellen Wheeler.
4: I'm uh, Deborah Schaeffers.
0: And you guys are longtime residents on the McKenzie. Born and raised.
4: Born and raised. I was a, I was a Helfreach.
3: Well, the idea was a lady was, had posted... Her place had burnt to the ground and she brought a yellow mum up and put it in the yard and she was just talking about how it made her feel better. We decided that we needed to do something to make everybody feel better so we went down to McKenzie River Nursery and talked with Greg and Tamara down there and they made us a heck of a deal on mums and we just started planting them.
1: I'm Steve Brock. And i a been a property owner up here since 2008. I'm here just trying to put my life back together.
4: We just wanted to give a little hope back to people. So when they come back to their place, there's a nice, beautiful yellow mum sitting there. And those mums will come back next year.
0: What do you think of these two ladies who on their own are just bringing mums?
1: I think it's wonderful. You know, the, that's one of the things that, in my opinion, has really kind of reaffirmed my hope in mankind this is that selfless attempt to help other people that your neighbors it just really makes life it makes it a whole lot rosier we
3: talked about it that morning when we got evacuated that you know you see it on TV and you think how terrible it is and you get up the next day and go on with your life and we got up the next day and it's not ever gonna be the same again for a long time
4: and in our lifetime, we'll never see it like it used to be. Finn
3: Rock was totally decimated. Finrock, the building up there has been there my whole life. There was no place to plant any mums up there. And we put two mums up on the ledge of Finn Rock itself. Uh, some low life piece of
1: <clears throat>
3: decided they needed them more than we did. And I put we put two down at Good Pasture Bridge. They also took those. Um, I replaced them and within a day they'd taken them. They took another one, but it's just, I cannot imagine how someone can be so cold hearted. I, I don't even have words. I don't have words.
0: So you keep replay, you'll keep replacing them.
3: Of course, of
0: course. Lane electric did something kind of cool.
4: Well, I, we had planted some mums, and when they were out trimming a lot of their limbs and debris came down they were putting the lines up yeah uh, they are also putting lines up and they had they saw those mums and they were reaching down and brushing all the limbs and and, and making sure the lines were on the other side moving so, their piles that
3: they yeah, had stacked away from them yeah moving their piles and
4: everything but they want to keep those mums because they knew it meant a lot to
1: people.
5: Yeah, that was my uh, work truck there, and all my good tools burned up. And my toy hauler trailer, all my stuff, I was living there at the time, it got burned up. And then my race car, Hellcat, got burned up. Oh, they're great people. I mean, they care about each other. But you got a few scumbags here and there, but we didn't even care about them half the time. I don't know.
3: So Mike had his water truck here the night of the fire. He was staying down at his house and every night he was going out on patrols between basically my house and my brother's house up here with his water truck. And so anyway, one night about 1230, he decides he better go on patrol and he's up putting a spot fire out. I'm not sure where and right across the street. Oh, so anyway, he says pretty soon this truck pulls over and asks him, what the fuck you think you're doing? Mike goes, what the fuck does it look like I'm doing? I'm putting out this spot fire. He goes, it's not that. He was in his Harley boots
5: and his boxers. (laughs) That's all I had. He goes, who are you working for? I said, myself. This is my stuff. I got to save it. That's all I had was shorts, my underwear, and my boots.
0: (laughs) So Mary's just talked to me a little bit. You've had a pretty rough year.
5: Yeah, cancer, lost my son. Yeah, it's not good at all. She saved my life. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be around, I gave up. I quit, but nah, she wouldn't let me. Because this was my son's property, and he was building the house right when he got killed. And uh, I'm keeping it. And
4: Uh, you you took this beautiful scenery for granted, and it can be gone within just hours. it's just, it's devastating to anybody that drives up here. It just makes them, it just feels like there's a big hole in their heart now.
3: I, did, I had no idea until it came up on your site there. The the one, the the one that hit me the most, I think there was like three different countries that had different meanings for the mom, but the, the one that meant the most to me in that whole thing was, it meant rebirth. Um, and so when I was reading through that and after, you know, us planting the mums and that, that was the one that hit me the hardest that, you know, it, that's kind of what we, our thing was, is that there is hope for regrowth and rebirth and, um, it'll come, you know, it'll come back someday. I mean, people are working hard and, uh, it'll happen.
0: You get, you get a little teary. I do. <laughs>
3: It's tough. I said, I drive up and down the highway, and this is what I still do.
0: (laughs) And those are the people of the McKinsey River Valley. Um, Yeah. So do you guys realize that you don't have to say things that people agree with? We live in a culture that's trying to get us to a place where we are divided i'm not going to do it Um, we don't have to say things that people like either but we do have to speak our truth and if we're being silent and we're being quiet because we're afraid that people won't like us get over it people are not going to like you um Those two ladies and a bunch of other stories up the McKinsey are taking care of each other, and it's hard. But they're our neighbors. They're people that belong to us as well. And so we need to stick up for them in every chance that we can. So one of the things I've recently learned is um, I am no longer going to be tolerant of people. If I went home and said to my wife, I'm going to tolerate you, that wouldn't speak much to her, would it? If I told people in this audience that I'm going to tolerate you, that's bullshit. Tolerance to tolerate people to me, my opinion, is the first step to hate. Instead of tolerate, love. I'm going to love you even if you're a total asshole to me. And where did I learn that? Well, two black guys came on my show on Friday, two wonderful black men talking about race issues and they brought that up. So where can you find that? It's on the very next video from Friday. So keep watching, go on there, spend a few minutes and find out more about that because that's the future. And I wanna thank Buck Sanitary Service for sponsoring this show. Now, go find out what the rest of this is all about. You don't have to tolerate anything, but you gotta love. And it's a hell of a lot harder.